Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. I'm Greg Tupper, the man over there. I'm just sitting in my shanty, sitting over there in what I can only presume is a palace, is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Hi, Josie. Well, hello, Greg. No palace. No palace. More like a shack. If you're in no, a shanty, I'm in no, a shack. No, I've got the shanty. Uh, like, you, you, like, are you, so for those who don't know, we are, we are still presently sheltering at home while we're recording these. Um, no, I'm did, at the studio. Oh no, this is embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. Um, are you tired? Are you tired of your house? Um, I am not. Wow. Okay. Check out Johnny Big House over here. Okay, I know. Cool. I just. We got so much room. There's, <laughs> there are rooms I haven't even been in. <laughs> rooms what? I haven't. Maybe I'll just record in that room. I don't know. Perhaps I'll just change it up. Uh, no, I'm. I'm are pretty tired of mine. Pretty tired of yours. Yeah, but that's mostly because I live here. Naga. <laughs> do you do the like uh, walk around the neighborhood to get a, a feel like, oh, I haven't seen that corner brick yet? There are, by the way, um, suddenly, big walk guy. I'm a big Ooh. walk guy. Big walk. Because um, I don't own a bicycle, but it feels mm. like bike. It feels like bikes are really making a comeback right now. Like they're yeah. really popping. Feels like bikes are uh, there. Anyway, um, let's ask another guy if bikes are popping. We are joined by our guest for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, it's John Huber. Yeah! John, do you have a bike? We have a stationary bike in mm-hmm. Le Peloton. Ooh. And we also have, uh, Katie has a bike. I am a regular bikeless at the moment, but in the market. Now, Wait a second. Yes. You have a Peloton? Oh, uh, yeah. We grabbed that before Christmas last year. Wow. Do you Little love it? We know we'd be faced with it every <laughs> single day now. <laughs> do you, do you, would you, and, and, and they're keeping in mind they're not a sponsor of the podcast yet. Yet. <laughs> um, would you recommend the Peloton? Because it seems like, it seems like I got to be really into bikes. That would help. Yeah. You know, that that would definitely help the situation. But it's okay. not mandatory. You know, it's not a prerequisite. Okay. So I don't have to love bikes to have a Peloton. No, no. You can, you know, it goes, you could do the class or you could go ride through the hills in Arizona if you want. It's like you could choose mm. multiple things. And now it's like they've gone full full workout system with it. So you can do stretching and all this other core workout stuff huh. through, your, through your TV. So they're expanding. So a question, uh, and, and, and I promise we'll get off of exercise talk here in just a moment, but like, <laughs> do you have to be doing the exercise? Because like, what I'd love to do is just watch <laughs> something, someone cruising through Arizona while I sit there eating a hoagie. So, on so the, the bike, bike. The, the video does move by itself if you just like to sit on the bike and watch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's completely possible. Hold on, let me yell at my wife. Honey, we're by a Peloton. Peloton, info Ryla 5810 at gmail.com. <laughs> That's a free advertisement. All right, we're not here just to talk about his, his stationary bike. We've brought John Huber on as our very special guest here on the Ryla cast. We're going to talk with him in just a moment. Uh, but first, John, we sent you a very long list of words and phrases and asked you to select one. Do you remember which one you selected? Absolutely. 
Am I supposed go, to fill in the gap now? You get you go right ahead. <laughs> right, yeah, I, yeah, I chose uh, emotional control. Emotional control. And here with the big box segment, here with the uh, the the you get the extra piece of chicken in this this segment. Um, here with the uh, something to think about is Andrew Josiatz. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, yes, emotional control. Um, talking about a camp of. 17-year-old boys and girls, <laughs> no, nothing to talk about at a, at a leadership camp with uh, teenagers. You're a little, little too on the nose there, man. <laughs> 17-year-old Greg is currently like rolling over in his little Blink-182 grave. <laughs> oh, man. 17-year-old Josie with, uh, with bright eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, it bottling up all the anger, but... Great topic. So hats off to John for a great topic. Um, I stumbled upon, you know, Greg, you got me in this. Um, you read the Harvard Business, the Harvard Business Review. You know I do. You know I just do it for fun. Right. And so I was like, I got to read a more reputable magazine and stumbled upon a Forbes article about um, how great leaders manage their emotions. Now, I don't know what it says when the great leader that's the subject of the article is someone I've never heard of, um, but that's uh, the manager or owner of the world's largest irrigation franchise, um, which is apparently full of a bunch of hot-headed people. Hmm. But um, it's the idea of the article, it culminates in a, a four-step process to create a learning opportunity um, and it, at each, I guess, emotional blow up for lack of a better term. And this emotional, how to handle emotions is really key when talking about leadership, because you can either turn people off right up, right from the get go. When you, as a leader, you encounter a certain situation, or you can gain kind of a follower for life kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so this four-step process is mostly uh, centered around issues where you've got your butting heads. Um, and it says that small actions have major impact, which is important because the first step is the individuals must acknowledge that there's a problem. You know, if, if you've got one person that's emotionally charged and the other person doesn't see any issue with it, then... No problem. Go on about your day, mm-hmm. um, which is not the case. But so individuals first acknowledge um, there's an issue, and then what a team member is doing well. So I don't know if you've ever used the sandwich method, the whole good, bad, good. When you present it, your wife has probably used that in teaching. <laughs> yes, that is absolutely <laughs> true. She's used that every single day teaching kids over Zoom. So you you got to hit them with something good. You got to make them feel good initially. Um, and then second, present the issue. And um, this article talks about presenting the issue first by asking the other colleague permission to discuss it with them, which I thought was a very mature way to handle things of, hey, I see this as an issue. Can we talk about it? And then you move forward and talk openly about solutions. And this has to be a two-way conversation. It's really important, especially in these emotionally charged times that uh that you have that two-way conversation and ask the question you know as a leader i'm curious 
now that you've had some time to reflect, you've heard what I did, what would you have done differently knowing what you know now, um, you know, knowing both sides of the story? And then four, further acknowledgement um, and ending the conversation by recognizing uh, the employee and then set the tone for the rest of the day in that positive, good, bad, good, set the tone, we're all feeling happy and ready to go. Do you like the do you like the bad sandwich idea? Like bad, good, bad? No, 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 no. Because remember, we're talking like it's a it's called a bad sandwich, right? Because it's good, it's bad sandwich with good bread. Oh, okay, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you don't call it a bread. You don't put peanut butter on a piece of bread and call it a bread sandwich. I'm. I will now. Well, don't. Um, but do I, you like that? Yes and no. I've got a, a love-hate relationship with that. I think you have to know your audience. I think it's sometimes like sometimes it can feel kind of childish and like it can feel kind of like talking down to somebody in, yeah. the, in the wrong situation. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I do know what you mean. And I there's there's sometimes when I'm on the receiving end. And I I like I like the bad sandwich because I feel like I can't do anything right, you know. Uh-huh. And then I just kind of hit a wall. Uh, but I definitely see, and I've been on the the leadership end of the the bad sandwiches gone bad, where <laughs> you, you hit this them with something turned, good. This has turned into a this has turned into a weird conversation. It's like getting <laughs> getting real with. I'm like, how many sides to the sandwich are there? Right. <laughs> Is this like a cube? <laughs> Like, is there a depth element to it, too? I've given everybody something to really think about. Well, I got to tell you, I, I feel like uh, your your other points were very, very good. I want to be very clear. That was an excellent segment. Not just because your points were great, but also you got me thinking about sandwiches now. Nice. Um, thanks to Thank you, Josie. That was excellent. I appreciate you doing that. Um, and now, Josie, is it okay if I bring in our very special guest? Absolutely. We go live to um, Denver, Colorado where we will go to our chief mountain correspondent. <laughs> we are joined by John Huber. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thank you, thank you. John, thanks for joining us. Wonderful to be here. Finally. Um, thank do you, you mean that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's a twinge bit of nerves, yeah. nervousness going on, but of course I'm always glad to talk to you two guys. I get, I get nervous talking to Josie, too. I get nervous um, talking to me. You, uh, you are somebody whose Ryla story I am very interested in, uh, and so I'm going to ask you to tell that now in front of a giant audience. So Ryla story. story, yeah, like how you got involved and 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 all that, all that jazz. Start from the top. Uh, okay. Biggest story from space. Camper '96, I believe. 1996 would have been in my junior year of high school. So. Uh, my mom worked as the registrar at my high school, and so uh, I'm not sure who the Ryla rep was that called, but said, "Hey, we, you need to pick some students." And luckily enough, I wound up on that list and got to go check out this cool camp that uh, nobody else from my high school actually wound up going to that year. So, um, let's see what else. Uh, I've been coming back to Camp Ryla off and on every summer since then and uh yeah they can't give me away what's what how 
what more do you want to know about this Riley story? Like, well, I, I, well, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and, and ask a, a question because because we've had some people that we've talked to. Um, I won't name names, but we've had some people on this podcast who, like, while they're at camp, it didn't necessarily click with them. Like the <laughs> the whole the the whole idea the 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 raison d'etre so to speak, of Ryla didn't necessarily click with them while they're at camp or, but we've also had other people that like it clicked immediately like, Oh, okay. No, I totally get what this is about. I totally get like why this is going to have an impact on me. Like sure. w- which camp do you fall into? Uh, maybe a, a funny kind of in between. Um, I, I knew at the, at the end of camp that it was, we were all experiencing something special and I was, I was wrapped up in all of it. I was, on the stage and giving a testimonial to everybody and crying my eyeballs out by the end of the camp. So of course it touched me and like in the ways it was supposed to and, and got to me, it sent, it sent the message home. But at the same time, uh, I don't think I realized quite the depth of <laughs> how much I would be involved in, a, in my future life with, with Camp Ryla. So maybe maybe that was kind of the hidden part that I I didn't notice right away. So um, we'll fast forward. So what do you do now besides live in Denver and and eat sandwiches? <laughs> uh, by trade, I am a commercial photographer, and uh, I shoot photos for a local furniture company for their website, and then I also travel uh, around the country shooting. Um, Model homes for a home builder as well. So, uh, um, I'm right going to ask a, a follow-up to that. How did you get involved in that? Uh, through networking, believe it or not. Uh, I, I landed the furniture the furniture shooting job uh, through a friend of mine who I worked with at another company, a startup, where I was eventually laid off. And we stayed connected and just communicated uh, after after that happened and stayed friends and uh, he called me up and let me know that he was working another job and they were looking for another photographer so it, that turned out to be uh, a, a beneficial friendship can you give me a photography dummy one piece of advice to make my photos not be not be bad get closer all right josie your question um, so was that, you, was that too easy? No, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's a uh, hundred. That's exactly what I'm looking for. If you don't like your pictures, always get closer. That's good to know. Um, I, I will veer away from the photography topic. <laughs> um, so emotional control was the word you chose. Could you care Correct. to elaborate on why you chose that for this podcast? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I love how you guys kind of went like the hanky panky vibe with that to lead out lead out the podcast. That was kind of funny. Uh, sir, nobody here. You're the first person to mention that. Particular yeah, no, I got the, the, the hint of that there. The <laughs> no, emotional no, control. No. I, was, I was thinking oh. about Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> so I I kind of approached this from the standpoint of what has camp taught me that I try to use every day. And in retrospect, it's my, I remember my first like 10 years of camp being kind of a tumultuous emotional roller coaster of, I have these things I want to say, but I'm too scared to say them because I'm afraid I'm going to cry in front of this group or I'm not going to have a shaky voice and I'm not going to be able to get my point across and say what I really want to say. And 
eventually, after being in that comfortable environment of you guys and family, everybody that you trust and, and that quote unquote safe space, it, uh, it became pretty clear to me that I was not benefiting anybody by staying quiet. And I, I slowly began to learn that showing those emotions and Josie, you kind of touched on this in, in your Forbes article, being able to show those emotions, uh, I learned kind of lent a, a, I don't know, it was, it enabled me to get my point across where I wouldn't have to necessarily drive the point home with words. People, it lent a sense of trust that I believed what I was talking about and I was invested in what I was talking about. And you should listen to me because I'm emotional about this and it's important. So it, it became a tool instead of something that I ran from and tried to hide from people. Um, I, I, we, we asked Katie the same question, but, but I'm interested in, in, in your response. What is, when you go to camp and you're at camp, what is your moment? I, I feel like everybody has the, the moment that, uh, uh, that, that happens at camp that you're like, all right, here it comes. Like, this is, this is it. It's going to happen. Uh, that you're really excited about. Can, can you pinpoint, do you have one that immediately springs to mind? It's like, oh yeah, that's what I most look forward to. Well, that's two different things for me, just for me though, because the thing I most look forward to is obviously uh, laboring in the heat and, yeah, and building course. giant obstacle courses because digging holes, my holes is my favorite thing to do out there at mm. Camp Rila. Um But honestly, that really is what I love doing. The moment that the week turns around for me, though, is when we start lighting the smudge pots for campfire. Mm. We start Mm -hmm. loading up the golf cart with Kevin Foster and laying out the pots and the fires start kicking up and and the meetings release and everybody starts to make their way down there. And, you know, the older staff is lining up along the route and most of us are gathered down at the fort already. That's kind of the point where the arm like that hair on my arm starts to stand up and you get those vibes of like, Oh, you know, right. what's happening. And mm-hmm. you start to look at each other and there's a little glint in everybody's eye. Cause they're trying not to cry too. And they're exercising that emotional control. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good callback. <laughs> Which, um, you know, that bring, that brings up the point that you have a, uh, a somewhat different perspective than I'll say the majority of guests we've had on the podcast in sure. you are a part of the group that quite literally makes camp happen with lighting the smudge pots, digging the holes for the challenge course. Um, but you've had, you've been a counselor. Is that correct? I have. Yeah. So, I was counselor for two years. So how is um, your experience or not experience, but your view of camp changed that you've been quite literally everything at camp? (laughs) Um, I think that perspective has given me uh, just respect, more respect for my co-counselors and everybody else who is there volunteering with me when I'm there that week, more than anything. Um, Knowing what goes into each role, the counselors, I'm, Words can't explain how difficult and emotionally 
taxing that that job and that role opportunity all of those words uh can be and then uh of course throwing your physical self into working on the crew for the week that's a completely different job and kind of exertion but then you look at the people who do all the registrar work behind the scenes you know these people are working around the clock the strategy planners we have people working around 20 i want to say 24 hours but 365 days a year on this one week of camp and so seeing and participating in each one of those roles just really hits home of of these people are here because they love putting and pouring themselves into this project as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Well, now it, it now comes the time in every podcast where we give you the floor to plug show podcast, musical group, <laughs> um, mountain range, whatever you planet. Like. I don't know if you have a favorite planet. <laughs> Let's see. Um, my favorite website right now, I open the day each morning with a visit to Gary Larson's The Far Side. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Oh, I, I'm not even kidding. Oh, John, you That's are a my man home, after my own heart. It's my homepage. Oh. So I, I don't even open the email until I read the first comics of the day. Oh, John. <laughs> You're the best. And then, and then, of course, uh, my podcast. It's not my podcast, but I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Joe Rogan Experience. Mm. Um, a lot of other Jeep podcasts, because of course we're just fiending for the outdoors right now, and uh, so I like to watch other people drive their Jeeps around far flung off places that places I can't go to right now. We're gonna. So we we have a um, usually our the the marketing department for Ryla puts out a nice graphic of uh, for each podcast, and I'm going to ask them if they're listening to this that the plug should be uh, watch other people drive jeeps. <laughs> put that uh, put that on there. Okay, and so now John, I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a challenge to to you because uh, you may remember that uh, your wife uh, Katie was a, a guest on the podcast recently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. And we and we gave her the same question, okay? And the same question was, would you like to tell an embarrassing story about your spouse? Now, I'm not oh. going to tell you what your spouse said, okay? This is the prisoner's dilemma. I'm not going to tell you what your spouse said. So if you would like, you don't have to say anything. We can just bid goodbye. Uh, but if you would like to tell an embarrassing story about your wife, floor is yours. Embarrassing stories. This is the meanest thing we've ever done on this podcast. Oh my goodness, you guys. You're trying to cause discord in my home, I think. I... <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. I love my wife. I have no embarrassing things to tell about her. Okay, oh, John man. has opted out. That's an interesting, <laughs> an interesting choice. Uh, John, thanks for being our guest, man. I really appreciate it, you guys. You made this a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> Yay, John Henry! Yay! <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor could be you. Hey, it's your friend, Greg. Do you have a business that you'd like to get off the ground and uh, reach dozens, if not hundreds, of listeners with a poorly produced podcast? Well, hey, go to some other podcast. If you want to be on a podcast juggernaut... <laughs> 
why don't you sign up for the pot for the Rylacast and you can have your ad right here. If you'd like more information, Josie. Inforyla5810 at gmail.com. And if I may offer a, a plug, it's a wild ride, but we'll get you there. <laughs> I'm glad I laughed as I'm glad I laughed as much oh on the show as I do listening to the show. Oh my god. This has been great. This is the most Oh man, everyone's gonna want to. Everyone's gonna want to advertise with this podcast now. Okay, it's my Peloton job to bring first, us, gentlemen. Peloton first. <laughs> it's, our, it's my job to bring us home with something to leave you with. And 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 on the topic of emotional control, and I want to ha- I want to talk a little bit about a place where there's almost no emotional control, and that is Twitter. Mm. So guys, let's have a talk. And especially right now, so I mentioned this before, we're recording this on April 30th, we're all sheltering at home, and uh, right now, look, emotions are high. We've all been in our houses for, for a while, right? We've all been in our houses for a while, we're a little, we're a little sick at home, but I am absolutely astonished, absolutely astonished at the number of people who want to pick fights about, like, this particular crisis, it is amazing how you oh, think man. that in a moment of unity, instead we would find a way to yell at each other. <laughs> it just this doesn't make any sense to me. There's a lack of emotional control. But, but what I want to bring this back to is I think that especially in times of crisis, this is when emotional control is particularly important for leaders. Um, in a time where right now everybody's being affected by this in some way or another, either directly, indirectly, however. But it's important that whenever you turn to your leaders, that they, it that even if they're not in, even if they are not totally in control, I think it's important for people to look up on that stage, look up at that podium, look at that live stream, and say, you know what? That guy at least has control of his emotions. Because I think that when a leader loses control of his emotions, you start to question whether or not he's got control of anything. And, and that's something that I think has really come, come to bear as I've been watching uh, leaders, I've been watching government officials, I've been watching you know doctors and scientists and stuff like that all talking about uh, this particular crisis. What I think is interesting is uh, the, the ones who I think have been the most effective are the ones who have been able to keep their cool, are the ones who have been able to control their emotions. Uh, that is why Twitter will never be president. And so that is something to leave you with. Okay. <laughs> Josie, Nicely, is that all right? done. Nicely done, Greg. Good. Sorry. I've been reading too much Twitter and Twitter is the worst. Follow me on Twitter at Tepper. Um, all right. That <laughs> is going to do it for us. John, thanks for being our guest, dude. Thanks yes. for having me, guys. So, so you mentioned this earlier, but I'll ask you to mention it again. You're saying this wasn't as bad as you thought it would be? Oh, it's painless. Oh, Ooh. good. See, this is a good painless. plug for getting painless other. Pleasant. This is uh, this is for uh, for getting us uh, uh, getting other guests. We need these types of reviews from from our guests. So, um, I can understand that. Thanks, and thanks for not talking about that thing you promised we wouldn't talk about on the air. <laughs> no problem, guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to John Huber for being our guest. Uh, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a friend. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylocast is Josie. Go ahead and uh, find one of those dirty Jeeps in the parking lot and write, listen to the Rylocast in the mud with your finger. Oh, see, that's that's good guerrilla marketing. Uh, I like thanks to that. 
Thanks to John Huber and his Jeep for being our guest. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. See you next time on the Ryla Cast.